hidden behind closed doors. This is Gary Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we discussing today? Man, Jason, today we're talking about 1982's The Junk Man. Excellent. <laughs> what are we drinking, buddy? Today, we're sponsored by Potosi, and we're going to sample two of their beers. We have their Cave Ale, an Amber Ale, and River Rocker, their IPA. Yeah, Fun Day IPA. Fun Day IPA. We're starting with the Cave Ale. Cheers. Cheers. Again, thank you, Potosi. Yep, thank they, you, Potosi. They, they really, they've sponsored a few, a couple. They have. Yeah. Amber We had one. Color. We had their double IPA. Yep. That was one on the Girl Can't Help It. Yes. And then we just did one a few episodes back. This Cavell's good. This is, it is one of their flagship. Oh yeah, beers. this is great. One nice. of those like I, I, sometimes you can judge a brewery by their amber. It used to be. I mean, IPAs are still kind of a big deal, but this is a good beer. Yeah, this is, is. Just, Potosi is set in kind of a valley, so it's prone to flooding. But the brewery goes right up on a bluff, and they dug in caves where they would lager and store beer back in the day. So it's a cool spot. It's beautiful. They have the they have tons of it's a beautiful old building. They restored. It's a we have talked about it before, but it's it's great. If you're anywhere in shouting distance, make it a trip. So one of those places someday we'll get places. you there. And I'm definitely gonna say, like, you need beer to sit through this movie. Okay, folks, I was a little surprised. I did not <laughs> expect Jason to say, I love this movie, but this is HP <laughs> Hallecky. Most famous for the original Gone in 60 Seconds. He was a stunt driver. His movies are very thin on plot. It's not about writing, story, acting. It's about car chases and stunts. He does cool stunts. You cannot take that away. Or editing. <laughs> the story is it's, yeah. it's just a scene to get you. It's just a bunch of bridges to get you to car chases. What? You know, since it's your movie pick. So what... Why did you put this on the list? You know, how'd that generate? And then, you know, you might as well give us a snapshot, the complete plot. <laughs> Spoiler alert, <laughs> there isn't one. <laughs> so, no, okay, I, I put this on because, you know, the B movies, the bulk of the movies are going to be horror, sci-fi, film noir. That is just good. That's just what B movies Absolutely. are. That's going to make the bulk of them. So you try to find something a little different. And Gone in 60 Seconds, I considered, but I thought... That's like the one everyone knows. Even though I think when you say that, people think of the remake, mm-hmm. which I never saw. Yeah, um, I didn't either. But that's what the, I mentioned. Yeah, this everybody's like, oh, the one with Nicolas Cage and, and Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. I'm like, no, 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 the, the original with Eleanor, yeah. the famous car, which <laughs> is in this because this movie is basically a biographical meta film. Pick Vanishing Point one time, and I Excellent. thought, you know, something action movies, you know, getting outside the box. And I thought, yeah. well, this guy, independent filmmaker, this yeah. guy really was. Interesting story. His life story is honestly probably what we're going to talk about more. There's not a lot to talk about with this movie because I'm not just going to go over every moment of the car car turns right, the car turns left, a grenade goes out of a biplane. There are some stunts (laughs) worth mentioning. You know, he does jump a car over a plane that's flying. There are some cool plane stunts. So anyway, he does drive a Corvette over a bunch of other cars in like a a, clearly. It was pretty cool. Somewhere in Burbank. And yeah. then the police follow him for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's just a chance for guys who love cars to do stupid stuff with cars. Just a bunch of big kids. So, but what is the basic plot of this movie? Okay. H.B. Hallecky plays Harlan Hollis. It's basically his life story. Absolutely. And I will say the opening credits are super cool. It's just a bunch of dioramas with, you know, wind-up toys. It's like, that's cool. There's some kind of fun... Honky Tonk music. That's top part of the movie. I know. So, but he plays Harlan Hollis. He's a movie maker. He he's, has a big movie coming out called Gone in sixty seconds in four days. <laughs> he's he, it's a pretty genius idea to be like, uh, okay, I want people to come see my movie Junk Man, and then while we're at it, I'm going to also be advertising my other movie. previous movie <laughs> because Gone in sixty seconds made forty million dollars, well, and it paid, made I think it cost him like five bucks to make. Yeah. You know, so I mean, the dude had some. He got bang for his buck. So he's Harlan Hollis, and he's he's got this premiere coming up of Gone in 60 Seconds at the Cinerama Dome, which is a famous theater. It's still there. It's still... I, I, it is, and I think it recently changed hands yeah. in terms of ownership. I've seen movies there. Yeah. It's cool. It's, so sort of, it's, it's a landmark in, in Hollywood. So they're going to be premiering Gone in 60 Seconds, but somebody wants to kill him. The reasoning behind it makes zero sense. A couple days before the premiere, he's going up to... 
Cholane, which is in like Paso Robles. Yeah. Is that like Central North, California. Central. He's going yeah. up there. And really, I think it was because that's where he was shooting because he had a ranch up there. But anyway, he's going to Gallivant off to a James Dean event. And, and I think this is a true, ja- like they filmed at a true James Dean event. A- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it was complete. I mean, there are so many things from that era. Like they have the obnoxious DJ hosting this event. But we can't forget that also not only is it premiere in four days, but his daughter's birthday party just so happens to be in four days as well. Got a lot going on to just sprint off, go, I'm going to go to the James Dean event. And and he's reshooting three minutes at the beginning of the movie, burning candles at both ends. There, I mean, sadly, H.B. Hallecky died during the shoot of the sequel to God in 60 Seconds. It was an accident. Of, uh, I think a light pole fell on the, him, yeah. killed him instantly. 1989, yeah. yeah. That, was this, sad, that was sad reading about that. Because it was. He was. He was still young. and I don't care what you say. The guy showed some uh, some aptitude for certain action movies. I mean, he's not George Miller, but, I mean, the guy, I, I would have been interested to see what else he could have done. He, he died, and uh, they want him to die in this one. Yes. And it's That's a, a league of assassins. And, and they want it to be public. They want to terrorize <laughs> him. And, the and dude, these assassins took that to heart. I think there's really two take about Who Flying that biplane, and then our there are two biplanes, Jason, two stunt planes, <laughs> and then the female assassin who looks Black like bird. Yeah, she looks like the female like lead on Cobra and GI Joe cartoons. Yes, I forget, I forget her name. Yes. she looks like Natasha Batnoff. <laughs> She, and she's awesome. She is. She really is. And she's the Terminator. Yeah. She does not stop. <laughs> she's the baddest of the asses. It was a good good episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. Well, we have to also mention it has credits, and then it goes to his life story, Michael. Again, this is just Patty. Like it's and it's out of, clearly it's his photo album, his oh, photo yeah. album. The assassin <laughs> takes a phone call to pay phone. He's told about this, and then he's to learn about his target. He has a video cassette, an old VHS with like basically it says like. Harlan Hollis's life, yeah. and he puts it in. And in a way, I think it's kind of clever because then it's just this montage of his life, and it's, it ends up being tragic. It reminded me of the opening of Up, where it's like the little sweet montage. Yeah, it, it was, was similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Him, him growing up, and then his wife, he marries, and he's a junk man, and he's yeah. successful, and then his wife dies tragically. But it, then life takes off again as he becomes a, he really becomes a good parent to his, his daughter. And it shows that he doesn't age. Yeah. The, at daughter, all. the daughter turns like 16 <laughs> or whatever, and he hasn't aged a day. <laughs> so we're at this shoot in Long, like it's a Long Beach because it's going to take place at Queen Mary. It's that three minutes of the movie that he's going to want to add into the premiere in four days. The helicopter stunt. But we're interested, to, we, the, there's two plot points that we have to keep track here. One is we're introduced to his. Brother-in-law, Michael, not Jay, but Michael Fox. Christopher Stone, Christopher Stone famous for The Howling. And honestly, one of two good actors in this movie. Along with Hoyt Axton? Yes. <laughs> Who also did the music? Yeah. And he wasn't paid. H.B. Hallecky gave him a Rolls Royce from his collection. Because all the cars in this are his. Yes. He had a huge car collection. He shoots at all his places. Yeah, the man had, this, this held the record for the most... Cars, motorcycles, and planes crashed in a in a movie until the early two thousands. A couple movies passed it. He died in nineteen eighty nine. He had the largest toy collection in the world. Interesting cat. Uh, Michael Fox is his brother in law, and he's in charge of PR. And this is mentioned in the first five minutes of the movie. The second, it's really not really a plot point, but they try to make it. We're introduced to Susan, and she's a reporter for. I-N-N, International News Network, and she wants an interview with Hollis before this big premiere for some reason. Yeah. She's <laughs> promised a, a, an exclusive interview with him, and Michael says, yeah, that ain't happening. She's like, can I go talk, talk to Hoyt Axton? He says, sure. And then she goes off and hangs out with Hollis. It's very confusing. Yeah. yeah. And then you see the first red herring. Richard Hill, Michael does point out to Susan, that Richard Hill, who's president for life, chief of staff, controls the money, Hollis's general manager, and he doesn't say a word at all, so you know, like, this guy, he's no good. He well, just looks like a bad guy. There's a quick throwaway scene, as most, most scenes that don't involve stunts are in this movie. There's a scene with Harlan and Richard. I mean, they couldn't be more opposite. Harlan is this chatty, affable, outgoing, you know, raconteur. And Richard is just 
reticent. You know, that would be my nickname. Exactly. Mark, reticent Richard. Yeah. But he's just, you know, like, ah, you know, hey, Richard, you know, this reminds me of a junk man. And Richard just says nothing. Because yeah, he's not an actor. <laughs> I think that was part of it. I just about everybody in this movie has a name that's their name in real life. Yeah. So a lot of people do. It was like, for example, the reporter Susan. It's her name is Susan. The actress is Susan. <laughs> Let's use actor in the very loosest term as possible in this movie. And the whole meta thing is interesting in in that he goes from talking to Richard, the next thing you know, he's stealing a car. And so the first time you see this, you're going, oh, is this, you see a thief? Yeah. And they do a stunt. They're down in the, what would it be, the L.A. River? L.A. River, right around the Long Beach area. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing, you know, the classic chase in there. And he ends up doing a, a, he gets hit in the face by the runner on a helicopter. (laughs) <laughs> the dude did his own stunts in driving, by the way. It's kind of a cool stunt. And then you realize, oh, this is the three minutes of the movie he wants to reshoot two days before the premiere. <laughs> it just makes no sense. Because all of a sudden you're like, cut, and you're like, oh, that was fake. It's like, a meta. It's yeah. so meta. I do enjoy the fact that Susan's trying to get an interview and, and his daughter finally says, oh, well, well, we'll just drive you. And Harlan's like, yeah, we'll drive you back to uh, my office and I'll give you an interview. And so she gets in this, you know, jalopy. And she's wearing a T-shirt. She's wearing like a promotion. They're like, here's a t She has a different T-shirt on. It's like a promo for the premiere. And it's just hanging out with him. And they get to his office and he's like, oh, by the way, I don't really have any time for you. I'll see you on Monday at 10. I mean, you know, <laughs> he wasn't a writer. He was a stuntman. Get off his back. <laughs> So now we're, we're in Cholane. Cho yeah, and I just point out, from this point on, I said, I don't understand all these cutaway scenes and what they have to do with the plot. Oh, they don't have to do with the plot. <laughs> they have to do with the length of the movie, because otherwise you got a 40-minute movie called Car Chase. And did you think his daughter was going to die, too, because they had that touching conversation before the major, yeah. where he's like, you've had a lot of advantages in life. Just remember that. Because these advantages bring responsibility. And then they hug. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill the daughter now. <laughs> no, this is what I wrote. They have the heart to heart. This is not the strong point of the movie. Like, this is him writing. He went, huh, I have to show that the dad and the daughter have a good relationship. Um, okay, I'm just going to write a scene where they sit on a hay bale. And he tells her, I had 13 kids in my family. You have a lot of advantages. And what you did, he really had, like, he had a lot of siblings. He, yeah, this movie is about him. I think you pointed out before we started recording is that why did he not call the guy H.B. Hallecky? Yeah. Why was it, why did he change the name? I guess Hallecky, I don't know. Harlan I have no Hallecky. idea. Maybe he just thought it sounded cool. Yeah. So HBH, it's great because it's the same initials. So you see that everywhere in the movie because it's his stuff. Well, and even at one point, because it is, it's all shot up at his ranch. And I think that's one of the reasons they did the James Dean thing is because that's up around there. Because when they did car crashes, they actually left the stuff in the road for days. And they just put cones around it because they're like, we're going to come back and shoot around this. But first of all, because I think they could. And second, he was like, I live right here. Yeah. And so I can't be bothered. We're not going to take this crashed automobile down all the time. I don't think you can get away with that today. <laughs> but it just so happens, Susan's also going to be coming this James Dean, big, huge. Everyone's man. going, dude, I don't know much about Cho Lane. I don't know anything about that's where, it. Except that's where he died, apparently. That yeah. was like the, uh, the little town where. When you go up the Central Valley, you could go and like, there's still like a memorial oh, yeah. out there. And, yeah, it's a big yeah, deal. Yeah. But this is a hoot. This reminds me of a county fair. It's just like all these kind of rednecky white people. There's an obnoxious DJ. It's like tons of people and they're all in like plaid shirts. The vast majority <laughs> of is a real event. And you even it see is. like KNX Radio 1070, which I still listen to today. You see their car up there. I'm like, oh. Part of this is actually a real event. They're like, you know what? We could just get a lot of footage to pad this movie that's only really 10 minutes long. Hey, hey, you want to be in a movie? (laughs) Absolutely. And then we have the hit squad, and it's like four people. Do you think there's any reason? I mean, there's always a reason, but he's got the $100,000 bar that he's using to point at this map. But he's telling these hit people, this is a crudely drawn map that I just (laughs) did of the Central Valley. (laughs) And it's like, we don't want our target. He's no longer a name. He's the target. Really specific about that. For no reason, because it's not brought up ever again in the movie. No, because because the, the hit people don't talk. No. I mean, I don't, the Blackbird has zero dialogue. No, exactly. It's a nice way to pay people less. He's saying, you know, you got to go get them. And we wanted to make it really public. Yeah. We want this to not just be kill them in the night. We wanna, yeah. They take it to heart. Where all these people are just sitting on Cholane, there's this young man and his girlfriend, and he's got like a cool car, 
and he doesn't won't let anyone pass him. Yeah, he, he's had his license for like two months now. No one's ever passed him. Yeah, Not even a female. Yeah, I ain't gonna let no woman. It's a little sexist. She blows by him yeah. and just points a gun yeah. at him. The young lady that's with him, he goes, "Holy cow!" He yeah. breaks and she goes, "That's it. I want to go home." And he's like, "Oh, you don't even want to go to the James Dean of there?" No, I don't. And he's like, "I promise, I won't do stupid stuff." Okay, yeah. there's tons of those <laughs> just, like little. It's like it's, smoke, oh it's, it's like Cannonball Run. It's one of those like weird Cannonball Run movies. I mean, you have the French and their little beret. That you know they're French because they they have berets on. <laughs> <laughs> Viva la France. <laughs> It makes, it makes no, no sense. It doesn't, and it just but it cracks me up. Yeah, there's a I'm, pig farmer trying to break his pig to his LA brother, County Fair. His brother, he's he, the pig yeah, farmer. He, yeah, he, he's not. I don't even know if he's a farmer. He just carries a pig on a waterbed in the back seat of his car, which is a Mercedes at first. Yes. before it gets ruined <laughs> and like that. This is a reoccurring character. Like they'll do cutaways to these sketches where I'm watching it and I go, my, I don't find them funny. <laughs> I don't, dumb. Want, I don't know what they have to do with the movie. It's low. It's lowbrow. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, It's very rednecky. Do you have to bring up another important fact? We find out that Hollis is friends with Nick, who's the pilot for the Goodyear Blimp. And so, if you're going to bring the Goodyear Blimp in the beginning of the movie, you're going to have to use it sometime during the movie. You don't so, just. I mean, if, it's a toss-up scene where he's like, "Here's a basically a trophy for your daughter." I don't even understand why. <laughs> and so at this point. It's just car chases for a long. Like, oh, just like, well, I marked it because just, Blackbird shoots up a cop car. Yeah, and uh, then was that Greg Slane who was possibly killed? <laughs> <laughs> Officer Greg Slane, <laughs> but he lives. But you think he's dead? It was like the A Team. They make a point. There's horrible accidents. They make a point of showing the people get out. Yeah, and they learn, like, like his name. Like, why do we have to learn that guy's name? <laughs> like, is it Greg Slane going to be important like, later on the movie? Like an inside joke or something? No, it's ridiculous. Because, ah, all right, <laughs> sorry. So okay. Harlan meets this this young, attractive lady. Karen flirts with her, and this is her on the mouth. Like, yeah. there's a relationship which goes nowhere. Go, yeah, again, makes. No sense. You know what, Jason? It's real life. Because he's like, hey, also my daughter's birthday party. Remember, that's tonight, uh, you know, on the premier night as well. And she's yes. like, will there be dessert afterwards? Yeah. It's real life, Jason. Real life is not a plot. <laughs> it, things just happen. Come across your friend. Oh, he's like a blonde with a Corvette on the side so of the road. As this happens, of- <laughs> a stunt plane, a little biplane flies over. 26 minutes, Jason. I'm saying it. This is 26 <laughs> minutes into the movie. I'm going to bring that up again in a little bit. This guy just has a box of grenades, and he's just chucking grenades. That's This yeah. is how they're trying to kill him, which is sort of inefficient. Yeah. It is public. Like, if you said, this guy got killed by a dude throwing grenades from a plane, that's that's going to be on some front pages. Absolutely. What I do that's love, news. though, is Harlan's concern for the environment, because when, <laughs> it, when it blows up, a little fire starts, he makes a point of showing himself... Going, ah, something fell out of that plane. I got to put this fire out. He's putting the fire out. He's, even even back then, you know, there were fire issues. <laughs> so then it becomes very clear to him and Karen this wasn't an accident. No. It comes back and blows up her new car. Because grenades don't just fly, drop out of the sky. Well, you know, I, I would say, you know, if something's flying over you and then something falls out yeah. and, and blows up, you know, if it happens once, you go, whoa, I wonder if something fell out of that plane. Something might be wrong. If it comes back and does it again, you probably might be the target of an assassination. See, I thought since they were in the Central Valley, he would have used this time to do a, at least a joke about North by Northwest, the Hitchcock film with the biplane, because it was filmed up in that area too. I no? Mean, we have no evidence that he saw it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, we're not talking about Peter Bogdanovich, who was like started life as a film historian and critic. We're talking about H.B. Hallecky, who was a hell of a good stunt driver. Yeah. It's a code three now. Because <laughs> the, the Danner sisters, was it the Danners? Audrey, yeah. Dan, was it? Yeah. Well, the, the Audrey and the twins? The twins. Danners? Every Danners? like 80s, early 80s movies, they oh. were beautiful. The, yeah, Landers, Landers. Landers. Oh, yes. Aud- yeah, yeah, Julian, yeah. Julian Audrey Landers. Yes. The Land- yeah, Julian yeah. Danners, Landers. Yeah. Dr. Elian. The, the Landers <laughs> sisters. He couldn't get the Landers sisters, so he got their cheap knockoffs. Yeah. And they're doing all the calling. And that, which, I, which, I, by the way, I thought was going to be a joke because it goes to the sheriff's dispatch station. They play it straight, by It's two blondes. You're like, are those like in sheriff dispatch sexy outfits? <laughs> No, but there is one who gets in an accident. They make a very clear point of showing her gams. And Jane even saw it. She, she said, I really like the leg shot. And I said, yeah, she's got nice legs. And she said, yeah. 
which yeah. is you know probably a good time to pause yeah, and have a drink. Geez. Well, KBL, still doing the KBL. That's nice. It is nice. Amber, it's helping with the. Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, Jason really hated this movie, and it surprised me that you hate it so much. You actually, you, and you're trying to make a case. This is the worst movie we've ever done, which is absolute baloney. I'm not going to say it's the worst movie that we've ever done on my list. <laughs> It's not worse movies. It has now got to the no point that like no, the line. No, <laughs> something weird is still the bottom. Something weird is still I the bottom. I don't know. No, for me, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Something weird still has to be the bottom. That movie is trash. This, this at least has cool stunts. That's the only thing that is this movie. It's just stunts, dude. Again, because we get to the pig, we did. We already mentioned the pig man. Yeah, we they mobilize. They have these cool Transams. It's like this wolf pack of like five or six cool Transam cop cars that come out and they mobilize and they send them out. First of all, because it's a code three. I don't know that area, but it seems very rural and spread out. Not a lot, but they have fifty thousand cops. As things heighten, they keep calling in new waves of cop cars from all. Around. All around. And this cool wolf pack of Trans Ams, you think at some point, oh, there's going to be some stuff. First of all, they can't find a plane lobbing grenades. They Which, got two planes throwing grenades at this guy, and they're like having trouble I know. finding them. I, I, so I when, they, when they finally show up, the Hitman Magnum takes them out. Like they just, one of them spins out, and that's it. It's so anticlimactic. It is. And there's so many cops out there, so many police cars out there, so many sheriff cars out there. Are they. Trying to chase the planes? Because if they are, they're doing a really boring, poor job of it. At one point, Harlan Hollis says, where's a cop when you need him? <laughs> I said, I'm one of the same thing. Because they can't find you. Harlan and two of the people chasing him blast through the James Dean event, and they think it's a publicity stunt. Yeah. And somehow the DJ was like, oh, there's Harlan Hollis. Yeah. I remember growing up, this was always a cool stunt. The dual... Car jump. Yeah, two, right out of the chips. Two, yeah, two cars <laughs> jumping. Put Smokey and the Bandit. Any kind of rock action movie had the cars jumping side by side. It's a cool stunt. People just see it and they're like, oh, that's nice. But that's actually a very tough thing to do. That was cool. Yeah. Something weird had nothing that cool. At this point in time, I guess Susan and I-N-N... Her two flunkies, maybe trying to chase, follow the police. I have no idea. They're trying to leave. Yeah, they're trying at to leave. First, they're j- trying to leave because she, her shortcut. They are literally driving in a field at one point. And she's like, and they're like, "There's Susan and her shortcuts again." I'm like, "Like, I'm like, that's not even a shortcut. You're just, you're just driving in a field, you idiots." <laughs> but they do. They happen upon because there's a plane crash, which was real. He, there are a couple of stunts in this movie. Apparently, he almost died. And one of them was they were doing a shot where because the, these planes yeah. fly close over the car, but a plane was supposed to hit the guy was too low. The wing went through the windshield and almost killed H. B. Hallecky, and it, it crashes. Yeah. And I believe that wasn't really planned. That was an accident. Everyone was okay. So they happen upon this plane crash. The INN crew. And they go, oh, my goodness, and they get out. What do they find? I completely forgot. You did? It's the freaking headshot. They find oh, a publicity right. shot. Oh, that's right. It's like, dude, it took like three times to watch to realize that they were laying the foundation for this. You know, if you watch this movie many times, you know immediately, oh. That's we, really important. We Well, we know who the the killer is, the guy doing it, in the beginning. Because Michael is given the, this publicity shot that he's supposed to give to Harlan, and Harlan says, I don't have time. Because there's only one, like, when you make publicity shots, this, you only make one copy. He's spo- yes. <laughs> I mean, back then, it's expensive. <laughs> so they find this publicity shot. They go, like, whoa, this is Harlan. This is a clue. I thought the clue would have been the plane throwing grenades at me. That, yeah. that, they're trying to kill this guy. <laughs> but it is important when they do show him, because he says, I haven't even seen these. Yeah. These haven't been released yet, and they say... That means someone in your the company inside. is trying to kill you. And that doesn't mean anything at all. It could have been someone at the printing company. <laughs> it could have been the photographer. Well, that took the and picture. he says, I just can't believe <laughs> that Richard Arthur Michael would try to kill me. <laughs> Those are the only people in your company? There's a lot of conclusion jumping in this to get to the end. He's, the car chase ends in spectacular fashion. He goes through a propane tank, <laughs> then he tows it into a house, and then one of the biplanes drops a grenade on it. Finally hits its target. Oh my gosh, that's a big explosion. And Jason? And you're thinking, he's dead, right? There's no way he could survive for that. He has to be dead. Yeah, Jason, by the way, 
That's at 53 minutes. So this car chase, the car chase starts at 26 minutes, and 27 minutes later, the car chase ends. It has one of those great freeze frames. So I'm thinking like, oh, they're trying to do like a vanishing point thing here. <laughs> <laughs> car chases. That's that's about the only thing it has in common. But I will say, however, what was really interesting is they kept saying like everything's burnt up, everything's yeah. gone. The license plate is pristine. Yeah. <laughs> we get the HBH license plate. And Jason, I like this. After the guy's been chasing everything, all this happens, they tow the car back, not to the police impound. You would think that's where this would go. They take it back to the studio, yeah. which I thought was, I know it's you know might be nitpicking, but I thought, wouldn't the police say, we're going to take that? That's evidence. That's evidence of like some chicanery, man. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Like, we're going to take this back and go, holy cow, this is shot up. The police, except for serving as more stunts and crashes, do nothing to propel this plot forward at all in the entire well, movie. Well, that's what makes it kind of noir, because it, <laughs> it exists outside of the law. <laughs> there's one scene before we jump to the next part of the movie. Um, there's a Benny Hill scene, because, of course, the French, they crash our cars, and it's all sped up. It's like, I'm thinking... They could have played Benny Hill music behind that, and that's what that scene exactly. Oh, and the pig man gets hooked up with the French, and, he, oh and after God. the car chase, he runs through a field with Farah, his pig, because yeah. he's trying to get to the L.A. County Fair. Yeah, <laughs> he crashes his car, and he gets his opens the back seat, and there's water spilling out of the, there's a water bed for his prize pig Farah, which I'm assuming is named after like Farah Fawcett, because yeah. she would have been you know one of the dishes of the era. Yeah. Well, one of those sheriff dispatchers has that Farah Fawcett hair. Oh that, my God! There's like dozen women in this thing. I think he had a type. Yeah, he did. Well, then, you think he's dead, but yeah. no. But then there's a news story done really quickly, and you're like, well, that, that was Oh, my fast. God, Jason. Information spreads faster in 1982 of Harlan Hollis's death. I, I wrote that down. I was like, it, it spreads faster now, and we have the internet. You know? yeah. We're actually recording this and putting it on the internet. We could be doing this live. People could listen to it all around the world, but they would have found out Harlan Hollis. Richard hears about everyone hears Harlan Hollis is dead. dead. But no. He comes running down in the most exaggerated, drama-filled run I've ever seen to find the INN crew. And they're like, whoa. We thought you were dead. He's like, no, no. Take me to Los Angeles. They said, well, we'll take you to the police. I don't want the police. Please. I want to know who did this. I want to find out myself. It's important to me. <laughs> I get it. You, you would want to know who hired people to throw grenades at you. But I would say this, Jason, in his defense in this situation... I'd say, I just drove around all over God's green earth and the cops weren't there to help. Yeah. I don't really trust them. They're not very good at their jobs. They couldn't find a plane throwing <laughs> grenades at me. Well, Susan and her INN flunkies, they're concerned <laughs> they're going to get in trouble by the FBI or the state attorney general. And I'm trying to figure out the logic. They're hiding Hollis, <clears throat> who's innocent of anything. People tried to kill him. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to get in trouble because he's staying with us. I'm like, oh, and what logic <laughs> do you get in trouble by helping and saving someone who people are trying to assassinate and then her boss larry shows up with the police and they're like oh it's over now their news crew their station wagon got dented up up in the james dean festival i think he brought the police yeah to like i don't strong know. them saying hey what'd you guys do to the company property I, well first of all i think there was no reason <laughs> To bring them in, there was nothing. No. It's a dent in the car. But I love, he shows up and he's all angry about some story. And, and I'm thinking, wait, they were just at one of the most crazy stories ever. Exactly. They were in the middle of it. And he doesn't care. He's like, my dang car's bent. When Harlan hears the two, two flunkies from the crew, he's like, I'm going to get these guys in trouble. Yeah. And so he steals their car. <laughs> he leaves, which is sign of a nice thing. But he steals their car in the process. They, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and of course, he has to go and see his daughter because his daughter's sad because her dad died. Oh, and, and, the, and he grabs her as she's leaving with her uncle, yeah. Michael Fox. They bond. I knew it. And, he, and, knew and he's it. like, do you have any money? And she's like, I have a lot. In a piggy bank. <laughs> In a piggy bank. And she's like, I'll leave it on the driveway for you. It's kind of cute. No one will see it. <laughs> this obnoxious pig. And I love later, somebody asks Michael, oh, how's Kelly doing? And he goes, Man, she was really bummed. But then after we left Harlan's house, she really perked up. This <laughs> is so stupid. So Harlan takes that money, and, and uh, the, uh, the plot here he goes to see Hoyt. And, yeah. And he, he goes up, Hoyt can. Hoyt's getting on the bus. And I'm thinking, what actor takes LA Metro 
buses. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was like a tour bus. To, to where? <laughs> to the James Dean Festival? You know what? It's Hoyt Axton. My guess, you know, my guess is that Hoyt... Isn't that lucky? Show up to a, a bus station, it just happens the person you need to see is right there? It's, it's pretty... And he, and he says, Hoyt, this is what I need. I need some money, a gun, and a car. Yeah. And Hoyt Hoyt goes, goes, here's a gun. Hold on, here you go. Here's the gun. You can have my wife's car. Oh, don't you have anything better? He's like, it's Corvette. At this point, remember, Michael Fox, his brother-in-law, mentioned in the first seven minutes of the movie, hey, I'm the PR guy. We now know that one piece of evidence is a publicity picture. And now that Harlan, I'm Hollis, <laughs> is, <laughs> no, <keep. laughs> now that he's alive trying to track down, Michael Fox can't help but every conversation say, hey, you know, I'm head of the public relations. <laughs> Like constantly. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, we know who the bad guy is now. Well, what's, what's funny is he sneaks out when the FBI show up. And then the FBI suspects Richard. We find out the other guy, Arthur, yeah. Michael casts suspicion on yeah. Arthur because he talks about, well, there's one guy who's going to make out Arthur. He wanted points. And Susan's like, points? I'm sorry, but a, a reporter working in Hollywood, in, in Hollywood I know what points yeah. are. He casts suspicion on Arthur, saying that guy has points. And then the FBI suspects Richard, who doesn't say peep. And then we see, I don't know why he has it, a gold grenade on his desk. And you think, well, 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 Richard. Someone was dropping grenades. Hiring all these, (laughs) the top criminal attorneys in L.A. who look like they're walking off the set of, like, Beretta. (laughs) Vegas, exactly. <laughs> the one guy's wearing this jaunty cap. <laughs> I, I will never defend this movie on its plot or structure. It's a, it's just, it's a throwaway fun. Get drunk and yeah. watch car chase and watch car crash. Then Hollis decides I need to break into my own garage at night. Wait, this makes no sense whatsoever, Be, and it does nothing. This literally is padding because he breaks in because it's showing off his collection, his toys, everything. But he's got a secret room. He goes and hits, like, turns a thing, and then the floor drops uh, out, and this dude comes out and just starts shooting. And it's, it's, here's the thing. Number one, Hollis, he does the Scooby-Doo creep walk as if he's a cartoon. Have you ever done that in your life in a serious manner? You no, no one does I've it. done it goofing. <laughs> Nobody does it in a real situation. <laughs> he has do 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 <laughs> but that guy who's working there is his own people, his own security guard. And apparently at, at Hollis's studio, you shoot first at any signs of burglars, <laughs> then ask questions. Because the guy just starts opening fire at any movement that's going on. And he goes down into the secret room, Man. comes back up, and then Harlan escapes. We never find out but what is there. There's down so much was- light in that area. The security guard goes, that didn't he didn't, didn't dawn on like that looks an awful lot like Hollis? <laughs> no, because he thought there was a mannequin. For some reason, they they had to have a mannequin situation earlier in the film so that the security guard would shoot a mannequin. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, but he his, he escapes. We need to take like a break for a second. As I cleanse my palate, I'm with you, buddy. With I'm the River Rocker, the Fun Day IPA. This is delicious. Oh my god! This cheers! Is, cheers! Oh yeah! Thank yeah. you, Potosi. This is thank you guys so much. I, I love this place. I, I, <sighs> as we record this, we're coming up. I'll be going home soon. You can bet. I'll send you a picture. You can bet your you bet your bippy. Very <laughs> midwestern there. You bet your bippy. I'll be going to Potosi. But Jason, the bomb being assembled with the person wearing the dish gloves. I wrote the same thing about. Did he have no budget? He's like, where's those dishwashing gloves that we were watching, like the dish with last night? I, I thought of so many things when I watched this movie, and and I thought about like the making of a scene, yeah. how it would be, and somebody they were doing it, and somebody said, you know, they would probably be wearing gloves, and he went, oh yeah, you're right. What do we have? And somebody just went went into his kitchen because so much of it was filmed at his own place and they went to the kitchen and put on the yellow the classic yellow those things haven't changed in a hundred years yellow rubber dish gloves to assemble a bomb and then blackbird she's back now is that bomb the bomb that eventually goes on limo or is that the bomb that's used in next scene to basically blow up which you think richard and michael this is something i wanted to ask you i to me it's pretty obvious i think i think michael was trying to get richard killed richard's car breaks down michael happens to be there to pick him up and say i told you buy american and then he stops he says are you gonna get mad if i get my cigarettes cigarettes 
Which the funny thing is, you never see him smoking. At no point in the movie is, does he smoke. You do see Hollis smoking while he's welding, and I don't know if that's exactly safe. <laughs> I mean, he's a junk man, dude. <laughs> if you've ever been around junkyards, they're, they're not going really to torch and you're smoking right next to it. With, yeah, but he lives on the edge. <laughs> he's a stunt man. But no, he, he goes in, and the car blows up, and he comes out, and he's, oh, Richard's yeah. dead, Richard's dead. And then Richard walks up and goes, Man, I got like today's newspaper. There's a sale like did. What did he say? The sale at where? Yeah. I thought he said Zodies, and I couldn't get the audio to listen. No, no. I mean, I watched this on YouTube. Okay, that's, so did I. So yeah, did I. That's I, I found it on YouTube. There are a couple. Yeah, of, I wasn't gonna pay for this movie. No, I'll tell you right now. Between, the between the four, I'm at the four four K edition of this. Jason, one one of the criteria I have for picking a movie is accessibility. But no, that Richard, he does. He comes in, ah, and Richard doesn't seem to notice that a, the car just exploded. No, no. Like, this guy is so, I don't know, maybe just... Because he's running the company. He has that on his mind all the time. Because he's, like, chief of staff. And he's general he's, manager. He's the money man. And apparently managing a mine, a copper mine in South America, and cattle ranches. <laughs> Hollis Enterprise. Herlin Hollis Enterprises. That's right. <laughs> They have a diversified portfolio. It's a junk man. <laughs> Compromise. That's right. He does. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> Larry from INM gives Susan a tip about the planes. Yeah. I guess nobody thought to go to the airport. They're like, biplanes dropping grenades. There's probably not a lot of biplanes still operating. <laughs> Maybe. We should start there. So she goes, and it happens to be the dude from the beginning. Yeah. You'd think if the reporters came just to ask about biplanes, he'd get a little twitchy. But it isn't until she goes, huh, I can see why they would use these nice stunt planes to try to kill Harlan Hollis. And all of a sudden, he's knocking stuff over. Whoa! This conversation's over. (laughs) You talk to me later. Well, then Blackbeard shows up, kills him, and takes a bomb. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why does she kill him? He's the one who is putting this all together for whoever the, the the big bad is of this. There's no reason to kill him. She's the Terminator. She dude. is. Thinks she probably realized that dude got all freaky. He's a weak link. You're only as good to me as much as I can trust you. Absolutely. And I don't trust this guy's going to turn me in. And no, it just so happens, coincidentally, that Hollis shows up to investigate this too. I don't know why. I don't know how. Walks in. Dead guy's there. Grabs a map of this. He sees a map that Blackbird <laughs> left behind, and it's another crudely drawn map with like a big X. There's, there's just a circle that says Cinerama Dome, and then like parking X4. We're going to put an X there. That's where the bomb bomb goes here. Yeah. It's so wily coyote. <laughs> but a staff member walks in and then makes, a, after watching this several times, you have to realize what happens there. A staff member walks in and goes, Dead guy working here. Hollis has a gun. Oh my gosh, he killed that guy. I need to alert the police because now the because at first the first time I'm watching, I'm like, why are also the police chasing Hollis? Well, the information goes so fast because he's driving his car. He's driving the yellow vet, and a cop standing there, and he just he sees it and he goes, "There's our murder suspect." <laughs> Honestly, the first time, Michael, when they said that, I'm like, is this? Did they mess up? Like, was this for something else? And after a while, I'm like, no, no, no. This is a thinking man's movie. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I'm going to ponder these situations. <laughs> it still doesn't wash for me. <laughs> he said the sheriff is near. <laughs> we get the gag where he knocks a sign over and drives over the cars, which is kind of cool. But then, of course, the, this lady who's been listening, I think it's Hoyt Axton. She's listening to... This the preacher who's look. just preaching fire and brimstone and saying, you know that, you know that life savings you have, yeah, give it to give me. Give it to me. <laughs> you know, you'll just, find salvation. He's 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 taking a shot yeah. at organized religion. Yeah, no, no, the yeah. opiate of the masses. Oh, oh exactly. <laughs> so many contexts to this movie. So many deep layers. But if they end up doing a cheap gag, of course, you know it's going to happen. That would have killed anyone else. Yeah, like, there's well, no way she would have walked away from that. No. And what, what I like, Jason, is he they basically split the car in half and then she drives it after him. Yeah. That's not how it works. There's no more <laughs> gas to propel you. And he just runs down the street. Yeah. And then now the chase, it's like the French Connection. Yeah. Where it goes from like foot to this to the, yeah. and now he's on a blimp. Remember, you bring that blimp in at the very beginning. It just so happens it's his friend Nick. And, and I don't know if it's kept in the same place, but the blimp I've been I've driven by it. 
I think I read that it was in Gard. Was it Gardena? They shot some of this movie in Gardena. I don't know where the blimp. I think the, the blimp Goodyear. was stored there. I don't know if it's stored if that's Gardena, but it was like down by Carson. Yeah. We used to drive by it, going to a, a brewery down yeah. there. We drive by, and there would out in this like big field, there was just a giant blimp. You know, you got to put them somewhere because, of course, he's that's like Nick. Gag. Nick, can you get me to Sunset Strip? And then. Honestly, the best dialogue I've ever heard in a movie takes place between Nick, the pilot of the Goodyear blimp, and Hollis in the blimp as Hollis is trying to alert the Cinerama Dome, and he calls, and you hear something stuff like this. Uh, I don't, I don't have the the phone. You're gonna, someone's gonna need to call information <laughs> because, by the way, the premiere of the movie is going on, even though everybody thinks. The guy who wrote, directed, and starred in it is, just blew up in an assassination. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hollywood. There's no such thing as bad PR. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> now that you say it. But he's, he's like, first of all, he's like, can you land on, on sunset? sunset? Okay, I'm no abrupt limp expert, but that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> You can't just like, land on the middle. You can't do it. And, yeah. like, they're all, like, and I'm like, why are they having this dialogue? I can tell you right now, I can't just go landing in the middle of a city. Look how big this effing thing is. But Nick's a good friend, he does it, and they have well, a... Give wh- me as close as you can, and I'll jump out. <laughs> That's classic H.B. Hallecky. He's just going to jump out of a blimp under the top of the Cinerama Dome. And then what's your plan? He's trying to get the police also alerted, too, so he has a long conversation on the phone with... <laughs> but the police are busy. Yeah, but and then one police officer, who he has to get in a Woody Allen joke, so he, they hired this one actor because he looks like Woody Allen. Well, you see a lot of influence. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, no, exactly. I, I was thinking Hannah and the sisters had a lot of, you know, bases for a dunk man. September myself. <laughs> no, he does. He, get, he gets a guy that looks a spitting image of, of Woody Allen. A young Woody Allen. And he says, who, who am I talking to? He goes, this is Harlan Hollis. He's like, <laughs> and I'm Woody Allen. And then he says, where are you? He's like, well, look out your window and you can see us. How does he know this? How does he know that he, the cop... I, I, anyway, they, they get there and we, fi- we finally find out because at the premiere, Michael, who's on his arm, Blackbird, he says, you know what, Richard? I'm going to get in the other limo. Yeah. And you're like, oh, uh, Because no. Hollis says, after looking at that map that was left in the biplane <laughs> hangar, that whoever doesn't get in that limo... They're the inside person. Exactly. Because that true. is, once again, large jump to conclusion. Well, because here's the thing. is Michael, <laughs> What if it was so full and you're like, I'm going to take the other limo? <laughs> Michael got rid of Hollis, and so, but Richard is now in charge of the company. So if he gets rid of Richard, I think Arthur might be uh, in. I don't know. I didn't then see he, any he would be structure. Running. No, no, because here's, here's his problem. He ends up, Harlan saves the day. Yeah. And immediately after he like keeps Richard from getting blown up, Michael goes off the rails. Like yeah. he doesn't try to do the old like, oh I don't oh my god, I don't know what's going yeah. on here. He just freaks out and decides I'm just gonna kill Harlan. <laughs> and they get up on top of the Cinerama Dome. Oh guess. yeah. Yeah, and you're thinking, epic fight. Huge. Epic scene, but Jason, climatic. He, he he gives up the whole thing and it, it it's just so stupid because he goes, I'm the reason for all this, not you. I'm thinking, not really, you need something public relations. You yeah. need something to promote. And this guy's car chase movie. If you yeah. kill him, if nothing else, Jason, I'm assuming Michael's making some good money. If you kill Harlan, you're not gonna have a movie to show people. And you have this classic where Hollis has to be the good guy, where Michael's like, "I, we're gonna, I'm gonna fight you." And so Hollis, who has a gun, yes, always. Okay, he's like, "No, we can end this right here." He tosses away the gun because they're gonna do mano mano. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the villain goes. I'm going to pick up this two-by-four. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. And then what happens? <laughs> you were on a thing where there's going to be a classic fight. Yeah. No. no. He slips and falls off the cinema and dies. Literally trips. Oh, like, I was like, you got, like at that point, I was upset. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like the pack of Trans Ams. You see this pack of Trans Ams hauling ass all over the back roads, and you think, there's going to be some cool stuff coming. And then there isn't. There's no fight. Because when you think about it, it's not. There's no fights in this movie. People no. aren't fighting. It's about cars. It's about cars crashing and racing. There's no TNA. No. There's no bad language. I think the word shit is used once. Yep. And and I did. And I did read that a lot of it. There was language that was edited out because he's like, no, no, this is a family movie. There's a bevy of leggy blondes. Yep. But there's no nudity. You just get to see her gams. Yeah. 
You're a gam man. I mean, this is your movie. I mean, I think he was sort of like our podcast. It's like we want. I mean, I'm just saying in the sen- in the sense that he's like, I don't want people to like yeah. not go. Hey, my kid can't see this. Yeah. It's too bloody. It's too violent. It's too. There's a bunch of boobs all over the yeah. place. This is a family movie. You know, me and my daughter. Um, I do like the fact that he does send attendees in to. Is it the I and N crew? The two flunkies. Yeah. Who who disabled that bomb? And then, of course, when you have a not bomb, the police, not, not the, the police. police. <laughs> and when you have a bomb and a crowd, best thing to do, just throw up in there. Just, just throw. It. I, mean, I, I, I don't know what to do. What would you, I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience. Every level of this movie, as we're getting closer, is going to be more upset. They just toss the bomb up there, and they say something like, "Look out!" Fire <laughs> in the hole. No, you're right. But Jason, I don't know what to. My personal take would be leave it alone. Yeah. It, just oh, everyone, every, we know where it is. Run away from this car. Yeah, thrown up over the crowd. Somehow it flies way over the crowd into a parking lot under a flower van. Jason, there's not even security. You, at these <laughs> premieres, you'd think there'd be a bunch of cops, and no cops step in and say, why are these goofy newsroom, newsroom guys going in that car? There's a bomb. Get away. Ah, And then we get like this funny like eight credit sequence where it's, they're celebrating it's Kelly's birthday. It's like that's how it ends. Yeah. They're not the people aren't like they haven't cleared it out and said, "Hey, this is a crime scene." They they're like party down. Yeah, I mean, it merely. I mean, it was the best editing transition because it goes from <laughs> that bomb to fireworks, and then you're realizing what is going on, and then it dawns on me. Oh wait, it's Kelly's birthday party. Disco music, <laughs> balloons everywhere. There's so much going on in this damn man's <laughs> life in this three day stretch. Like why you could have just why is that a thing? Yeah. You know? And then yeah, he gives her a trans amp for her birthday. And uh, and then and then we get a credit sequence where it's like all these people posing with his cool cars and it's like all these overly made up ladies and they're all like They sexy. look like those posters you'd have in the eighties. Five Spencer's man, yeah. those Spencer gifts. I totally did that. I had a lot of them. They're just like women of Ferrari with a woman on bikini. Porsche, I was a Porsche guy. A lady in a Porsche and she's like in a bikini. I'm like I'm like, that's what real life is like. <laughs> I want to be the guy who lives that life. And don't we get one final pig man joke? Well, the pig man, dude, they won. He, 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 won. he and Farrah, he, he got the cup. He got the gold cup at the L.A. County Fair. Good for him. Yeah. I that mean, guy persevered, man. It's a happy ending for all. <laughs> it's, and it ends with a Hoyt accent, too. He did, he did all the music, too. This was a business. <laughs> Okay, so, so that, that ends the movie. I mean, that, that is, is it. That is over. That's a classic ending. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. County Fair winner ending. <laughs> well, something for everybody, yeah. Jason. Yeah. All right, go ahead and ask. <laughs> would, would you recommend this movie? No. <laughs> this was a really long movie. <laughs> it's just like hour and thirty five minutes. I mean, it could have been a twenty minute. TV holiday oh, special. I think. I think. I mean. I think there's 20 minutes in there you could cut. Yeah. Um, you're not obligated <laughs> to say anymore. You, you're okay with that. I don't. I'll yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to find. Like you know. I'm always trying to be positive. <laughs> trying to find. You know the silver lining of something. It's better than something weird. Well. <laughs> It is. That, that, I mean, if that's the silver lining you need, I mean, let I'm me not, help you out. I'm not going to level my bottom group. I'm just going to say there's movies in my bottom group <laughs> that I will, won't dive back into. I would say as a funny gift, I might give this movie to people. <laughs> what about you, Michael? I mean, here's the thing. I Yes. It's a hesitant yes. I mean, because, again, I'm not going to say, hey, this is a really cool movie. But H.B. Hallecky... Independent film, independent as it gets. This guy went out and busted his butt to get a movie made. And stunt driving is cool. I'm a fan of it. And that era, it's like, it's just got that, it's got that patina of late 70s, early 80s car chases <laughs> that, I mean, I dug, I grew up with that stuff. Yeah, and so I think no. it, I think it's cool. There are great stunts to be had in here. And I'm always down with that. I mean, I mean really, you go back and watch Mad Max and the Road Warrior, not a hell of a lot going on except cool car chases. There's a little more of a plot in that movie. A little more, but still not a lot. George Miller was not like, oh, I'm writing Chinatown. No, 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 no. No, it was just, we want gas. You've got gas. We're, we're going to take it, and we're going to chase your ass until we get it and kill you. You know, and you better be lucky. You're lucky if we kill you. This movie, it's just, it's goofy. Uh, will you watch it again? 
I would say this. <laughs> I would watch this before I watch something weird. <laughs> I mean, I probably won't because I did just watch it a bunch of times. Yeah. I've spent yeah. my my shell not because yeah. I hate it. Something weird sucks. <laughs> I will never watch it again. But and here's the thing: the other question would be, you know, it's one of those things. Would I discourage someone from seeing it? Like if somebody said, I'm actively, thinking, I, yeah. If somebody, like if somebody said, I, I'm going to watch the Junk Man, I'd say, let me know what you think, and don't don't go into it for the story. But if somebody said, I'm thinking about watching something weird, I really would say, I'd say, don't do that. Don't you? I mean, just go watch Paint Dry. Go do anything other than watch that. Movie. If someone said, I'm going to go and watch Junk Man, I would say, you know what? Better spent time. Just binge season one of Chips. <laughs> <laughs> this had better driving. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I feel a little bad because I did not realize you sent me a text the other day, and, and I went, "Ooh, I don't think he liked it very much." And I didn't reply. And then when you showed up today, when, when you showed up today, you just were like, "Oh my goodness!" And, and I went, "Ooh, I felt a little bit bad because no. I, I didn't think you hated it that much. I thought no. you would have. You still, you, you know, you, you didn't pull the trigger and say, Michael, can you pick something?' No, else? no, because I mean, I, the car chase movies. Um, this, like you, you said, it was independent filmmaking. It reminds me of the last vestiges of the drive-in cinema. Because I don't think, if he would have come out with this in 84, 85, I don't think it would have been distributed. He would have had a hard time. I mean, it would this have been like, self-distributed yeah. at that point. It would have been a regional movie. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a total drive-in. Like, yeah. I, you could picture, like, being at a drive-in for those of you. Like, no. growing up, like, when I grew up, we had a drive-in. So do we. And it, and it wasn't this novelty like we yeah. went, you'd go see movies. Yeah. Like they had movies all yep. the time. Now it's like this sort of event thing. Yeah. You know, the few that are left. There are very few. Very few. But you know, we would go to them, and yeah. this would be something you go, go watch this movie, and you'd be like, literally just be getting drunk. Yeah. Like you take your lady, and you'd be like, woo, and you have a little crappy speaker, and you'd be like smoking weed yeah. and drinking beer, and be like, oh man, I can drive like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I think beer. This beer, the, excellent. The beer's been fantastic. Yeah. KL is excellent. The the River Rock, the Fine Day IPA, excellent. Cheers, cheers. Yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you, Potosi. I'll be seeing you guys soon. I'll uh, bring something. You know what? I'll bring something back. They do. They have the. I'm pretty sure they're still doing it. They have some nice barrel aged beers. I'll, oh, nice. I'll, I'll bring something back yeah. for you. No, yeah, that'd be nice. I appreciate yeah, they, it. They do, yeah, they do some. They do some good stuff. They, I, I love them, and they, and they have full restaurant, so you can mm-hmm. go there. You can eat. Cla- I'm just going to tell you now, good classic Midwestern fare. So get your fried cheese curd on. <laughs> I buddy. was going to say cheese curd. Hell yeah, you're getting your fried cheese curd. Matsy sticks, get out of here, man! It's fried cheese curd time. <laughs> All right, that about wraps this one. Oh, up. it certainly does. <laughs> This is Beer and Bee Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.